It was the LGBT community that had given Edie the strength to live her truth, and she dedicated her life to paying it forward. She felt strongly that as necessary as it was, marriage was just the beginning, and she was right. Until everyone can live free from discrimination and hate, no matter who you are or who you love, our work is far from finished. When I think of Edie, I think of that line from A Midsummer Night's Dream, and though she be but little, she is fierce. <laughs> she was fierce. So if you are unaware, uh, this week held the passing of Edie Windsor. Yes. A uh, uh, trailblazer uh, in many, many, many different ways um, mm -hmm. who held a lot of meaning for the LGBT community, but also for just women's rights in general. Um, the idea that she was a trailblazer when um, she was working and when she was getting a master's in math and science and when she was... Um, uh, going into the workforce, uh, she never took her gender as a obstacle. Mm -hmm. um, she just overcame it. So on Tuesday <clears throat> of this week, she died at age 88. Yeah. Nice little palindrome year. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that uh, it would be an appropriate clip of the week this week, uh, just because of the nature of our podcast and. Uh, because it, it was a big deal, I think, for me. Uh, I'm, I met Edie Windsor, actually, at oh. the NYU luncheon oh, cool. um, a couple years ago. Yeah, because mm -hmm. she was honored. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, she's she's just as simple and lovely as every single story about her is. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I picked this clip uh, because Hillary Clinton spoke at her eulogy, um, mm -hmm. or gave a eulogy at her funeral, um, which was actually at the same temple that Joan Rivers' funeral was at. Well, how do you like that? Yeah, it's All a right. gorgeous, gorgeous temple. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, so Hillary gave uh, this beautiful speech, which we can post on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it's a 13-minute speech um, about Edie and about what she's done. Um, and I thought we would maybe give some time to Edie Windsor on today's podcast for those that maybe don't even know yeah. um, all of the things that she's done uh, or maybe even why she's important, I think, to the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been thinking about her and about this and about how to how to talk about it. And one of the things I was thinking about before coming here today was like, you know, this is not besides the personal grief of losing a loved one, this is not a tragic passing. This is a woman who lived an incredibly rich life. Sure. Who saw certain goals and certain aspirations come to light. Right. She, I mean, she saw marriage equality pass. This was something that was incredibly important to her, something that she was um, one of the faces of, you know, right. and she saw that happen. And that's an incredibly rich life. Yeah, absolutely. And is the journey over? Is the quote unquote fight over? No, it's never over. Like the fabric of time, there's always things that we're working towards. Right. But I think about her and I think not just in terms of, of gay marriage and equality, but just in terms of a rich life. This is a woman who lived a rich life. Right. And and I think that idea that she is joining her former, you know, former wife because she did remarry. Right. Um, in you know wherever souls go the aspire yeah, yeah i think that there is um whatever you believe in terms of where people go after this little experience we're all doing on this planet um i like the idea of their energy kind of being together i like that mm. storyline and the fact that we don't know what happens i'm happy to attach myself to that one right so there's something it's like it's very sad to see somebody pass but i think god like at the same time 
because we're at a bookend of her life, I think, God, what a fucking rich life she yeah. lived. What an incredibly accomplished life. Right. And in terms of, of marriage equality, she was with her partner for 40 plus years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually married in Canada and then moved to New York State. And in New York State at the time, it was legal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they were happily married. And then Thea passed. Right. And uh, all of, you know, Thea's estate was awarded to Edie, as mm-hmm. as happens in, in marriage uh, or with couples. But because Thea wasn't a man uh, and the federal government and the uh, Defense of Marriage Act at the time um, uh, stated that she actually had to pay a tax. And right. so the U.S. government was going to uh, have uh, tax her $363,000. Mm-hmm. And so Edie's like, fuck that. We were married for... This amount of time, this right. is crazy. This is insane. Right. And she sued the U.S. government. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> U.S. government versus Windsor. Yeah, the United States versus Windsor. I think there was something in that speech of like the one time she kind of freaked out was seeing that like, oh my God, right. this is real. Right. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it really is. I, I just, I think there's that idea. Oh, and, and she won. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, she won. Yeah. I mean, I just think like... You know, again, like I, I guess I'm, I'm almost approaching it, you know, to be on brand, right? I'm approaching it from like that RuPaul point of view is that we're all just here just doing this thing. And, and it's weird to say none of this should be taken seriously when so much of what she did we take very seriously, right? right? But I think the, the essence of, of don't take all of this too seriously is that like it's just a story, and we just play it out and we live it as best we can and it is what it is and i think we all get one shot at this life right, right. And, and what's like, what's not real is that stupid law right right exactly it's not real right like all of that is bullshit all of that is not you want my money because uh, this person's not a man that's not real mm-hmm. yeah because it's because it's thea not theo as she had said yeah, yeah exactly um but i just think the story of her life yeah is really um beyond all of the elements of you know not to not to extract it but like and beyond the elements of gay marriage and and feminism and all that i think somebody who's just like living authentically somebody who's just like this is what i want my life to look like right and i'm gonna just do it yeah even if like it's similar to rupaul there's there's no right. trailblaze exactly. for me to follow exactly like that in of itself is just like a reminder it's like that was something a friend of mine had said years ago the nerve of it all right yeah it would, and just always stuck with me it's like you get one shot at this life you get one shot so like you might as well do it your one way. shot of adrenaline yeah right. one shot yeah um <laughs> oh man Dak's exclamation point is just like <laughs> flop sweating in a corner she'll get it she'll get it todrick don't worry she'll get it she just needs to get it in her head <laughs> <laughs> and Thorgy's gonna do the punching gag whether you like it or not she's not here to be silenced yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> oh boy yeah no one shot absolutely mm-hmm. uh, and you know I I think it's appropriate now. I think I do want to play a little bit more, if you yeah. don't mind, Marys. If you if you're bored by Edie Windsor, please don't be bored by Edie Windsor. She has an amazing story. Like girl, please. I really hope that this inspires m- many Marys listening to either listen to the speech or just read up a little bit more about Edie Windsor's life because it was fucking awesome. You got to know where this music's coming from, girl. <laughs> you got to know where this music's coming from. Precisely. Yeah. So I want to play uh, just a little bit more from. Um, Miss Rodham Clinton's speech. Oh yeah, President Rodham Clinton. <laughs> God, too soon. <laughs> too, not yet. What happened? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but her emails. 
Oh. oh God. Um, okay, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna play a little bit uh, more. What uh, What I'm gonna play right now is Hillary talking a little bit more about Edie's life, and then um, a really beautiful story about a gay person meeting Edie Windsor in the Container Store. So sing out, Louise. Enjoy. One man told the story of running up to Edie at the Container Store on Sixth Avenue. With a little encouragement from his then boyfriend, now fiance, he thanked Dee Dee. He told her that she and Thea had changed his life. Edie grabbed his arm, winked, and said, Don't thank me, just get married. <laughs> she said, It's the most magical feeling to wake up married. From what you've heard of this extraordinary woman who was a pathbreaker first in science and computers and then in social history and politics and culture, she didn't set out to make history. She grew up in a time when women were expected to settle down, get married, let their husbands support them. Instead, at 23 years old, Edie was divorced, living on her own in New York City, and supporting herself, which was practically unheard of in those days. Those were the days when the classifieds, you remember the classifieds? <laughs> they came out in something called newspapers. <laughs> they were divided into two categories, and I am not making this up. Help wanted male and help wanted female. But Edie was a trailblazer even then. She got her master's degree in math. She became one of the first and few women computer programmers at IBM. And the photos from that time are wonderful. Edie looking determined, standing in front of a computer the size of this room, <laughs> or sitting behind a desk in charge and clearly loving it. As I was thinking about her, I too was reminded of the wisdom of Maya Angelou, who said each time a woman stands up for herself without knowing it, possibly without claiming it, she stands up for all women. Edie did that in those early days, that first PC, those times that seemed so long ago and she broke barriers. And like what I took from that from that story, the sentiment of the idea of like, don't think me, like just get married. To me, it's like, well, it's not just like literally just get married. If you're not in that place, NBD. Don't get married. Don't get married, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, don't get married, William. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I think like what I take from that is like, it's something that I feel even now I'm only 32 and I look at like, you know, the, the gays half our age and I'm like, oh my God, you don't even get it. Right. Even in this short window, you have so much more than we had. Yeah. Like be you, express yourself. Like I think there's that quote about like every time a woman stands up for herself, I think a lot of gay men can identify with that is every time that like, cause I still do it. I still have these situations where I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, let me just, let me just hide it again. Let me right. just, let me just code again. Right. And like, Every time that you don't, every time that you're still 
yourself in that situation, it's like, even if nobody else is around to like check off that you did it, it's like, it's one more person who stood up for themselves. Yeah. My uh, good friend, Eugene, he, he's an amazing activist and he, um, you might've seen him actually on the Huffington Post. Uh, There was a picture of him at the women's March that said, never underestimate a faggot with a tambourine. Oh, on his show. All right. Uh, Which is true. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) amen, girl. Come on, tambourine. Come on, tambourine. (laughs) That's a great drag name. Tam, tambourine. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Tambourine. (laughs) (laughs) So, that she comes out with a tambourine. Right, she just comes out, yeah, <laughs> keeping the beat. Or yeah. maybe with Alyssa Edwards in mind, like tambourines all over her Everywhere. dress. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's just <laughs> she Debbie Allen. She's a tambourine, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so anyway, so uh, yeah, he... Um, for, for people that are uh, often victimized or for people that are targeted, you need to actually practice what you're going to say yeah. in those moments when you're not in those moments. Right. Because the moments when you are faced with having to stand up for yourself, mm-hmm. if you don't have the words in your mouth or they have never been in your mouth, mm-hmm. they're not going to come out. Yeah. So you practice saying, stop. Mm-hmm. You practice saying, no, or leave me alone. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think there's there's that level of preparing for that. There's also, I mean, I think of those situations where I am going to try to hide that I'm gay. And... I have to practice not hiding it. I right. have to practice, well, how am I going to express myself? And it's something that as I'm saying this, I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, straight men don't know what that's like at all. But then I think, you know, just to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit, it's like, I wonder, maybe, you know, maybe more subconsciously than not, um, how much straight men are kind of gearing themselves up to trump themselves up, no pun intended, or maybe completely, um, and, and puff themselves up mm. and, and hyper-masculine eyes themselves for a certain situation right you know what i mean butch it up butch it up, up man and up. Yeah, yeah man up and right. i think that like I it's like one of the worst most violent terms for oh, for young men it's the worst it's man up yeah i yeah. still don't know how to do it yeah yeah um but i know what people think it is you right. know but i so i think that there's that idea right that like a lot of us are practicing this but and a lot of us are practicing that to defend ourselves you know what i mean like yeah. i think that like straight men are doing that to protect them like maybe that's the distinction my idea that straight men who do that are to protect themselves and we're doing it to defend ourselves, mm. which is slightly different. Yeah. No, you know, there's, there's a nuance. To there's that. a nuance <laughs> to that. Have you started drinking our um, ladies? You know, before we kind of wrap up Edie Windsor here, cause we should move on with our discussion. But, um, I did just want to, uh, quickly talk about, uh, you know, the difference in the classified ads, mm-hmm. jobs for men, jobs for women and how, she she just resisted that dichotomy. Yeah. And there are so many queer people like RuPaul, like many of the queens on Drag Race, that because of people like Edie Windsor, because of people like all of the queens, you know, from mm-hmm. Paris is burning, um, that can now see that it is all a game, that it is right. all a facade, that it is all fake and phony and something created to keep people in categories and to keep them into little boxes. Yeah. Uh, which is, if, if we're going to really burn it down, right, it's violence. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's it's a very, uh, it's an interesting definition of violence that I think, um, I think a lot of people, and I don't know who those people would be, but I think it's, it's a, just a new definition. 
You know, right. it's a newer definition. Right. I think people well, hear, in the same way that man up is violent. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's just an interesting idea. I think when people hear the word violent, they're like, well, I don't get it. You're not being attacked. It's like, no, it, it's it's a different version of violence. It's right. the same way. Emotional violence. I was going to say, it's the same way emotional abuse is violence. Yeah. It's just this like sort of repeated, um, you know, specific way of treating somebody to like teach them how to behave in the world. Right. Um, and, and for people who are being treated that way, they have to learn how to respond to that, how to right. defend themselves. From exactly. That. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you, Edie Windsor. Um, and any other trailblazer out there for, uh, f- f- for resisting and for, uh, whether you know it or not, but for, 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 do, doing it right, right? Just being mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, well, putting some grooves in the road, right? I yeah. mean, I think a lot of us are very lucky that there are there's someone who said, here's how I did it. Here's how I tried it. Here's right. something that worked. You could follow this pattern. Yeah. I mean, you think of anything where you're like, no one has done this before. We talked about this with RuPaul. It's like, nobody has done this before. And just how like fucking scary that is to be like, nobody has done what I'm about to do. Right. I have no idea that this would work. Yeah. That's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. So, Colin, why don't we tell our listeners what they're finally listening to? Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. Uh, which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little beady beady TV show. I'm Johnny. And I am Colin. And today, we've got, we've got a little variety show of things. Um, yes. Yes. We definitely wanted to talk about- By the about- way, I think Yas is dead. I think Yas is dead. I think somebody said that it died at DragCon. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yes. I think Yas like is... Like, they would just Yas for a weekend, yeah, and it's dead And now. it's just dead. And then, you know what? I'm fine with that. Okay. I'm I'm curious what might take its place. Well, I still like the meme where I see Yas with a fermata over the A. A fermata is a musical symbol that means hold out for a very oh, long time. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess you're right. I think Yas Queen is completely six feet under. Gone. Okay. We did it. We ruined it. Six we destroyed it. Sorry, six feet under went to the HBO show. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we're just watching it die. Yeah. Oh, um, God. I know. <laughs> I know. Colin. You said his name. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, there's nothing like the last five minutes of Six Feet Under. Uh, Ugh, I oh go on God, about that. Six Feet Under. Ugh, oh, I had to go in the other room to cry. Oh, my God. Um, my ex-boyfriend wanted to watch me watch the last three episodes of Six Feet Under just so he could see me cry for uh, the last six minutes. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, and I did. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I watched it with, um, yeah, when I lived in Australia, I watched it with my ex and another couple, and I had to, like, go in the bathroom and pee <laughs> and then just, like, let it out. And then I couldn't because I just didn't want to cry in front Speaking of people. Speaking of manning up. Right. I know. No, it was just like it was so vulnerable. Like to the next day, I had to find the last five minutes on YouTube and watch them in my own apartment so I could just emote in the way that I wanted to emote, which was beautiful and ugly and great. Yeah, it's fabulous. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so we have a mixed bag of things uh, today. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Brady Bunch. Mm, uh, which, here's a story. Yeah, here's a story of a little um, a little BDB lady. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We've got some Reddit on Reddit. We've got some little news and whatnot. It's, yeah, yeah a whole bunch of little things. Yeah, you're right, Mary. You know, it's kind of like um, it makes me think of the latest episode of What's the Tea, which is already on my list of episodes I will listen to over and oh, over. Oh, yeah. No, it was great. So good. The colonic. Oh, my God. I loved it. Yeah. And I loved the talk about friendlies. Oh, Oh, because the peanut butter sauce at Friendly's no. is peerless. On point. Peerless. On point. 
Uh, uh, is Friendly's an East Coast thing? Apparently, I, I didn't really. I love Friendly's. Oh so yeah. Much. Funny story about Friendly's. When I was a kid, like six or seven, my mom and I went to Friendly's, and we were. My mom, I wanted the. I have two fr- Friendly stories, so keep oh, going. So right. I, of course, I know, I know what Michelle is talking about. I love when she said, "I had one of them shits every week," <laughs> which I, I know she wasn't uh, being scatological. I knew it was like that expression, one of them shits. Michelle got so like South Plainfield in that conversation. Mm. I was living for it. But anyway, it was the Reese's Pieces of Sunday. Right. And so I went to Friendly's once with my mom and of course she had to order it and my mom it was a bit of a tongue twister and she said to the girl behind the counter, Can I get a Reese's penises Sunday? Reese's penises. <laughs> and I just like melted delicious. into my sh- Oh, it was I mean <laughs> later I was like, Good choice, mom. <laughs> um it took me like another like fifteen years yeah. to validate that, but Reese, if you're out there, oh, fucking yeah. delicious. On, yeah, I'd have one of them shits every week. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I was living. I felt like they they had the whole range of like personal development, spiritual conversations, talking about colonics, talking about friendlies. Right. It, it's on the list yeah. with Bareback Betty. Of, oh, oh, uh, when they when they spin with each other, it is it's, uh, so, it's so rich. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I really story. understand the re- the friendship. Right. When I see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that a lot. Um, my friendly story is really quick. I went with my friend Simona to the friendlies in nearby Midland Park, and uh, she was she was famished, and we sat down, and you know we were just talking, we were drinking. And Simona has a habit uh, or had a habit of shortening words, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, oh, my God, uh, give me something. Give me something. Help me out, Colin. Um, um, compromise is a long okay, word. So, oh, right. So it's just like, oh, I don't want to comp here. Or like, oh, I'm so sensey today. Right? right. Like like things like that. Mm-hmm. So she, like Michelle with literally lich. Oh, lich. Yeah. Right. Which mm-hmm. never had happened. Yeah. Um, so she said we, we, were, we were talking and just as the waiter stepped up, Simona says, Ugh, I'm so hung. Oh, <laughs> and I died. Uh, and the waiter's face was like, mm? right. Right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, friendlies. I have another friendlies door, but it doesn't matter because we need to move on. So, mm. um, so yes. So, the Brady Bunch movie. Brady Bunch movie. Uh, and we have a variety show. Wait, so, so, yeah. Wait, well, should we talk about the Brady? Let's, let's talk about it because I think... One of the conclusions that we came to is there's some there's some nuggets in the Brady Bunch movie. Well, it's not a good movie. I mean, in the same way, I mean, you could say that Drop Dead Gorgeous wasn't a good movie either. But but like, how dare you? But but it it still kind of holds up as a satire. The Brady Bunch movie may not be funny anymore, but I think it's an important piece to kind of look at and to consider yeah. mm-hmm. for a bunch of reasons. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of those reasons of why it's a draggy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I want to just let you know. And you may queen out over this. All right. I've it was got directed my... by Betty Thomas. Oh, I'm aware <laughs> of the situation. She played Velda in True Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. uh, which is how I know her. Right. Oh, she's such a she's such a, a character. Right. In so many. Yeah. Betty Thomas is like, I can't even think of someone to, to compare her to. But yeah, she's uh, she's a character. Yeah. She's over six feet tall. Yeah. 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 Um, she's like a Jane Lynch. She's like a Jane Lynch. That's yeah. a great comparison. She's yeah. like a Jane Lynch in terms of somebody people might be more familiar with. And funny as hell. Yeah. And, you know, what I like about this movie is I think, and it came out in 1995, is there something surprising about it? Because it is... 95? That's crazy. Yeah. That was a lesbian character. Right? There's even, you see at the end, there's a gay couple in the neighborhood. Right. And I was like, okay, 1995. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, two Marys. Interracial Marys. Yes. Marys. Interracial. Interracial. Um... 
Yeah, so it, there's something about it that felt almost untelegraphed. Like I didn't see it coming that they would do it this way. Right. And it is a little ahead of its time. Oh, for sure. To be so self, so referential. Not necessarily self, I, mean, I guess self-referential, but like just so um, straightforward satire. Yeah. Without a lot of winking at the camera. Well, I found a lot of winks if you were a Brady fan. Yeah. Right? Like, if you watched the Brady Bunch movie, the reason you... Or you've watched the Bradys on TV, Mm -hmm. you watched this movie and you enjoyed the shit out of it because Mm -hmm. they were bringing these very famous, iconic moments to life Mm -hmm. and kind of blowing them up, which made it very drag in that sense. Right. If I'm going to look at the movie that way, which I didn't, but if I'm going to, it was very drag in the sense that it was larger than life Brady's. Like, when, when Marsha... Gets her nose bopped in with a right. football. Dinner's ready. Oh, my nose. I mean, it's such a fabulous moment. Right. And so iconic. Um, and then they take the ice bag <sighs> off of her nose. It's huge. <laughs> I noticed that this, this time watching it, I was like, oh, my God. It's so huge. <laughs> well, what I like about it's it. It's so well done. Because yeah. it's like, okay, that's funny. Right. And I think that there's there's this interesting. And it's similar to Drop Dead Gorgeous. Is you have to get the, the tone and the pacing. There's, there's a lot in the direction. Yeah. That this could go right or wrong. Right. You know, and and I think what I liked about this is that there were a lot of, there was no, in sort of, in theory, there was no sense of a laugh track. It was very much just They laughed, they they laughed too, right? Like, oh, Alice, ha, 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 ha. Right. But it was very much presented that way. And I, I, yeah, it was, um, I, I think... One of the things I, I liked about it was there, the tone of it felt very drag in terms of showing absurd things as if they're normal. I think that's what drag does and a lot of drag performers do okay. is the oh, humor oh, is like presenting these really absurd things and at no point calling out its absurdity. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, I do want to state that it was written by uh, one of the writers is Rick Kopp. Mm-hmm. Who we talked earlier? He is a writer on a YouTube series called "Where the Bears Are." Where the bears are, which you can watch the trailer online, Marys. It is, uh, it's pretty entertaining. It's where the bears are. Ta-ting-ting. It's no bear city, is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie. I've seen um, Bear City, yeah. and then it was also written by a couple of SNL writers. Oh, really? Um, yeah, that Bonnie Turner and Terry Turner, um, as well as uh, Larice Elwani, um, mm-hmm. and. It, 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 when you think about that, who's conceiving this and mm-hmm. taking uh, Sherwood Schwartz's characters, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is gay. It makes a lot of sense. This is very gay. This is very queer. I shouldn't say gay. It's very queer mm-hmm. in the sense that it's celebrating people that are unabashedly different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, yeah, it, it, I think that, that makes a lot of sense is that it's celebrating people who are unabashedly different who, I mean, it's so weird to tie this to E.D. Windsor, but people are like, here's who I am and yeah. I'm not changing it yeah. and I'm not even, it, it's, and I'm thinking of this now as we're talking about it, it was like, and I can't believe I'm going this deep about the fucking Brady oh, no. movie. Well, that's what this is for, Colin. Let's do it's it. It's fine. Right, like why preface? It's, it's like, exactly. It's like, all right, Mary, I'm going to go deep. You've listened for 60 episodes. You know how this works. Yeah, go deep but gentle. Yeah, but gentle. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Let me arch my back. So, um, so anyway, <laughs> my Marys know what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, so, uh, but what I like about it, it's similar to like RuPaul where it's like, 
pay all them bitches no mind. Right. Who cares what they think? Right. Live your truth. Perform your right. song. Do your wear right. what you're gonna wear. Um, well, you know, I, I found it. I mean, this is a satire, right? It they, but at the same time, like just like Drop Dead Gorgeous, like there's there's an absolute love for some of these characters, mm-hmm. like um, like or even on Snatch Game, right? Like they love those characters. Yeah, they mm-hmm. love them, and yeah. I think that the writers love the Bradys here. And the right. reason I think that is because we are actually rooting for the Bradys in this movie, mm-hmm. and everybody else, the '90s, right? The '90s world resists, mocks, and tries to push them out, literally out of the town. Mm-hmm. And we're like, no, no, let them be who they are. They're right. fine. They're fine. They're so they're these great people, yeah. you know. And so I I wrote some notes down, but like throughout the movie, people spew hate and criticism to their face. Cindy Brady, mm-hmm. Mike Brady, Greg Brady. People are like, you're awful. Fuck you. And they're yeah. like, well, yeah, no, people love me. Yeah. You know, people are mean in that way. People were mean in the like 90s movies. People were very specifically mean in 90s movies. Yeah. That, like. 80s movies they're even more mean it's it you know what i mean like there's i don't know it's like i mean i think of my movies like she's all that it's like oh. God, why is everyone such an asshole in high school movies yeah like good god well Mary's. well but, but at the same time colin as a queer person i think we can relate to people that are just fucking mean to our face i don't know and high what school i love way. what i love about what i love about the brady's is that it's almost as like I can read it, their response, which may come off as naive. To me, a queer person can read it as, okay, that's you, mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep doing me. Yeah. Right? It all ties back to this idea of why we can't think, take things personally, right? Yeah. Nothing. On Drag Race, when queens take things personally or they take critiques personally, like they're plagued, they fail. And to succeed, to be true to yourself, you can't take anything personally. And to continue to thrive in yourself in your own way, it's like right out of the gospel of RuPaul. Yeah. This yeah. idea that here comes hate, and I'm going to block it out because that mm-hmm. is you. Yeah. You are doing that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have this loving, wonderful family who, like, wouldn't hurt anyone. Right. And, you know, no one in school at Mike Brady's job. They're not threatening at all. And yet, because of who they are, because they love themselves and because they're doing what they do, right. they're threatening the status quo, which is this 90s culture, right? So right. they do threaten how people do things because it might make them question how they're living or how they love or how they're acting. Yeah. And so when when you are doing you and when you are being yourself and when you're loving on yourself, right? When you're feeling yourself. Sure. Um, people are threatened by that and they will try everything they can mm-hmm. to not look at themselves right and not see oh i'm a negative fucking asshole why right. can't i just let them be fucking happy right right oh my god completely and i think that that's like when i when i look at like bully culture in high school or really at any at any point what it is is just kind of like it's people i mean who are looking at someone who's just being themselves whoever they are whatever they are and just to me it's like just this like trigger reaction it's almost like the subconscious reaction of like there's something you're doing that doesn't make me feel good about myself and i just need to reject it until it doesn't shine this mirror back on me right right it reminds me actually topical trying not to have any spoilers but if you saw the movie it Mm-hmm, that which came I have not out. seen. Oh my god, Colin, you're gonna love it. It is very Stranger Things. It's, okay. I mean, well, first of all, it was Stranger Things is very it. Yes, and then now this it. Um, but there, uh, there's a lot of discussion about growing up mm-hmm. and 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 figuring out who you are. And all of the main kids are all bullied. Right. They're all plagued by this one bully in town who is also bullied by his own abusive father. Right. But whenever the bully sees one of these kids, like he gets rage yeah. in him. 
and it, yeah, it's it's very much like this movie. Whenever anybody saw the Bradys, with with some exceptions that I'm going to talk about, whenever anybody saw the Bradys, they were angry. Oh, they lost their shit. Oh my god, it was <laughs> yeah. just like I felt like I was watching Dogville. It was just like <laughs> leave them alone. Ay ay ay. God, that movie. Oh my God, that movie. That movie is not a movie I'd like to review for All Right, Mary. No, that is a dark, no. miserable movie. Oh, I don't God. need to see again. Three hours long. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, God. It's <laughs> all about that ending. Oh um, my God. So um, anyway, so the Bradys are all queer. Yeah. Now, let's assume that they're all in drag mm-hmm. and that they're all... Um, uh, being themselves they're all um uh, allowed to be this part of themselves that mm-hmm. they wouldn't be allowed to be in 90s culture mm-hmm. so there's a few characters that i wanted to bring up that actually didn't resist the brady's mm-hmm. and i think that's uh important to kind of analyze here and sure. I, i'm again i'm geeking out about the brady munch movie i didn't think that i would because yeah. actually actually i suggested this movie and then i was like oh this movie is terrible yeah but i i kept thinking about it more so gene smart is the best part of this movie i just i when were we going <laughs> to talk about gene smart <laughs> Oh my God! I love G. I mean, the fact that I got Shelley Long and Gene Smart yes! in one movie—I yes! literally couldn't sit on the couch because I was just cha chaing around the living room in joy. <laughs> oh my God! So Gene Smart plays uh, the neighbor, Mrs. Dittmeyer. Yeah, and she loves the male Bradys. She even doesn't mind the female Bradys, right? Because uh, she's nice to Cindy. She's, yeah, she's fine. And so, if I'm gonna like kind of analyze this as a metaphor, it's almost as if Mrs. Dittmeyer gets drunk and has a hangover and is upset and sad in her life as a way to deal with the negativity in her life Mm -hmm. and her miserable husband. Oh, her awful husband. That she's escaping that even though she really wants to be the Brady. She really wants a man like Mike Brady. She's like, oh, a a virulent man. Is that what she called him? Yeah, like let your father know. I'd be happy to wrap his package (laughs) next Christmas, whatever. I'm like, ooh. Right? Gene Smart. Gene Smart. Um, Yeah, and then she, oh, two Bradys and she's got Mm -hmm. uh, Greg Brady and And Peter, uh, I think. Peter Brady. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and doesn't she kind of like sneak into their like musical performance, the the search for the star performance yeah. at the end? Yeah, she's yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. she's like she's a Brady fan. Yeah, and it, anyway, so I thought that was an interesting thing to see who likes the Bradys, who likes drag queens, and right. sees kind of that positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, which is deceptive, the big man on campus, Doug Simpson. Oh yeah, he loves Marsha. Right, he wants to fuck the shit out yeah, of her. Yeah, and I guess I get it. And um. But he only wants to do that until he realizes who she is. Right. And that she won't succumb to his ways, right, of, mm-hmm. the, of, of the 90s. And right. then he rejects her. Right. So it wasn't her nose. It wasn't her family. It wasn't her clothes. It was her inability to change for him. Mm-hmm. Right. That's threatening to people. Yeah. Yeah. That you're not going to code to me. You're yeah. not going to like, doesn't he come around to the end for some reason? And then it doesn't work out because she's with that geek Charlie and then her lesbian friend punches him. And oh, uh, no, that's no, he was still me to her at, at the dance oh in any event yes like he uh, hey doug how's about a little punch yes oh my god she's great is he dead yeah <laughs> well she's in sister act too oh is she oh my god she plays the one who sings the love boat theme song oh well i haven't seen sister act oh two. she's great yeah. in sister act too yeah. yeah yeah noreen in this movie which was uh oh is it noreen i thought it was maureen yeah i i, I thought it was too but it was noreen Put your hand on my leg oh i'm oh, sorry oh, i thought that, that was my leg. yeah <laughs> you know i quote that on a on a regular basis that's a line i remember yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. like sometimes i'll like touch somebody's ass by accident i'm like oh sorry i thought that was my ass yeah yeah, and the way she says like, oh, 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 oh sorry, sorry, I thought that was me. <laughs> yeah, I um, and it's those little things that just get dropped in there, um, that I also think is very draggy. These, it's these little, just kind of like, it makes me think of um, 
I mean, it makes me think of movies like Girls Will Be Girls. Ever seen that movie with um, uh, Violet Jean, Jean Merman? No. And, oh, it's all drag queens. That's a movie. It's so, it's it's literally drag. So okay. it's like two on the nose. Okay. But there's a similar tone there of like, it's all drag queens playing women. And at no point are we like, is anyone calling that out? Right. So it's the same thing of like, at no point is anyone saying, you guys are stuck in the 70s. Right. It's just, there's something different. Mm, you I know? hear that. I yeah. hear that. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, which I thought was fascinating to me, uh, and what kind of also tipped me off to pay more attention to this movie, is that um, there's a scene where Mike Brady and Carol are laying in bed in, towards the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and Mike is reading Jonathan Livingston Siegel yeah. by Richard Bach, which I have on my uh, a bookcase. Yeah. My good friend from college, David Steely, uh, let, m- made me read that book and I loved it because, you know, whatever. It's It was actually a very famous hippie, 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 dippy self-help book from the 70s. Yeah. So like, story. you know, it makes sense that it would, that Mike Brady would be reading it, but it's also fascinating because of what Jonathan Lindsay is about. So do we know what it's about? I mean, I, it, it's a, the, the thesis of the story is, is really about being yourself. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's basically about the seagull, Jonathan Livingston seagull. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Livingston, Livingston seagull, as Who, I know. <laughs> Jennifer. Um, so he, um, he's bored with his like seagull life mm-hmm. um, and he has a passion to fly. All he wants to do is fly and he learns everything he can about flying. And then um, because he loves to fly so much, he gets uh, expelled from the community. Right. And he becomes this outcast. Um, And then he goes on and he finds other seagulls that also love to fly Mm -hmm. and uh, and thrives in that community. And until eventually he returns back to his seagull community to teach them. Uh, the passion of flying and mm-hmm. to help them kind of come out of uh, of whatever chains are binding them in their heads, right? Right. Um, and it's it's a really beautiful story. And of course, it's like I don't think there's any coincidence that no. they put Jonathan Levin Siegel and Mike Mike Brady of all people's right. hands, right? Right. Um, you know, it's right on brand with RuPaul's teaching of finding what's best about yourself that others feel threatened about mm-hmm. and may not be in line with the status quo and pursuing it with no shame, right? Spreading love. Spreading flight, as I could call it. Right, right. Yeah. And of course, what I remember from that, from that scene is when Carol says to him, it's time to put your bookmark in, Mr. Brady. <laughs> and I was like, God. Fabulous. God, Shelley Long. Oh, God. Somebody needs to just give you an Oscar. Oh, Ugh, Shelley Long. Oh. I, ju- I mean, yeah. what My. a gift. Yeah. yeah. Between getting Kirstie Alley. Oh, Alice. And, and Alice and Janney and, and Ellen Barkin last week. And this week we get Shelley Long. Gene Smart. Gene Smart. Yeah. Even a cameo from the late Florence Henderson. Oh my God. Cut the crap, cut the Jam. Cra- Jam, cut the crap. You know, I think about, I thought about that because obviously, and we're, we're skirting around the obvious connection here that RuPaul's oh, okay, right. in the this fucking This is my movie. next on my list. Right, yeah. but but this leads us right into it because the Jan Brady story is the interceptor yes. story. Yes, yeah, what, and of course, RuPaul is the one tied to that yeah, story. Yeah, is the one that's like helping her, like, ex- I mean, it's crazily amazing. on brand. It's amazing. But before we, because I want to spend more time on that, but before we get into that, like at the end, they, they visit their grandmother played by, you know, Florence Henderson, of course, played the original Carol Brady, and Jan's kind of freaking out. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Florence Henderson character says, cut the crap, Jan. And it's, and what it makes me think of is, 
Queen's like Laganja Estranja who just need to be told, cut the like, crap. Shut up. This isn't a kimchi that needs to be coddled or needs right. to be like, this is just like, cut the crap. And what's yeah. so interesting is that's what Jan needed to hear. Yeah. That's at the end of the the end of the movie, the end of the, the, the whole through line of her and these inner voices, these, right. this inner saboteur, which is someone to say, it's crap. Right. Stop. It's not real. It's, yeah. Don't listen. Stop working with it. Yeah, exactly. And I just was like, oh my God. Right. Stop talking to it. Yeah. yeah. And of course, Cindy picks it up, but that's just yeah, life, right? It's, I think that's also a joke, right? Right. It's also life. Yes. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but Cindy. yeah. Cindy. Yeah. But of course, yeah, RuPaul plays Jan's guidance counselor, Miss Cummings. Miss Cummings. And she's fucking fabulous oh she is she's young she also is not wearing a blonde wig which no, is right. rare to see rupaul not with a blonde wig yeah. it's very black yeah, yeah 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 they, yeah. they, they, they it was the sort of like styled afro it's like sort of like weird triangle situation right, right 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 um but she of course jan meets with her and it's uh maybe we could like we could play the clip here of what they talk about a little bit what they talk about so jan what can i help you with teen pregnancy uh, bulimia uh, suicidal tendencies? No, it's my stupid glasses. Oh. I know I should wear them. I look at myself in the mirror every morning, and I say to myself, Jan, put on your glasses. But then I say, you look like a super creep. Take them off. It's like my head tells me to do different things, and I get very confused. Inner voices? Good, that's good. Let's explore that. What does she mean, inner voices? I don't think that's any of her business. But it's her job to ask questions. You are so dumb. I don't have inner voices. Now, Jan, paranoid schizophrenia is very common amongst the children of blended families. You are the middle child, aren't you? Middle child? Don't you mean Marsha Brady's little sister? Wait a minute. She's just trying to help. Help? Wake up. She's just looking for an excuse to bring up Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha! Yes, I'm in the middle! Well, it sounds like you have a serious case of middle child syndrome. But you needn't worry. Here's a copy of my book. And my tapes. In the meantime, do something to make yourself stand out. Give you your own look, apart from your siblings. A new look. That's it. Gee, thanks, Mrs. Cummings. Uh, Jan, come back when you're pregnant. And girl, you better work. Like, I can't even stand how on the nose that is. I yeah. can't even stand it. Yeah. I also just, there's something so iconic about the way RuPaul says, oh, and Jan, come back when you're pregnant. Right. It's so <laughs> right. RuPaul humor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, and and so RuPaul to, like, self-promote. Here's my book. Here's my book. And my tapes. And my tapes. Yeah. Like, it, it just, I, and of course, the whole idea of some way to stand out. So, like, I was just like, oh, my God. This is so, like, to a T, the same fucking message that she's pushing 13 years later. Yeah, and it wasn't even written by her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, uh, like they, they found this, yeah, right? Yeah, like, clearly there was some influence and in, like, oh, we're going to cast RuPaul in this. because You know yeah. what I mean? Like, She's even in the credits. When uh, the yes. nine of them, she mm -hmm. goes into to Greg With Brady's Greg. box. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's this era of RuPaul of just like, I don't know, I... 
what I like about again, it's 1995. Let's remember, this is 1995, and for, right. and for you, Marys, right. who there were probably people in that theater seeing that movie that didn't realize that that was a man. Yeah, right. There's, I, of course, right. And like, how big of a deal that is to see. Like that go unreferenced. There was no joke yeah, really about her being. It was no joke man. that she was yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a cameo. It was really just about about RuPaul, and it yeah. was really about that you better work and insp- inspiring right. someone to be themselves. It was there was nothing in that scene that was making fun of RuPaul. Right. Oh, I love that. And that is in 1995. Yeah. Marys. That is the Stone Age yeah. when it comes to gay rights yeah. and and gays on television and movies. Ugh. Like God. at the same time, we had movies like In and Out. Right. Like why? Like which now feels just so. Which I had to watch like secretly. Oh, you know, I went to the theater and I saw it with my mom and like <gasps> someone you else. Probably died. Oh, I was just I, I was I was crawling into my popcorn bucket, <laughs> just eating my feelings, you know, because it was just so uncomfortable. But like you look at that movie and it's so ridiculous. It's, yeah, it's like that's a ridiculous. You're movie. gay. Yeah. BFD. Right. Mary. Right. Yeah, and so it's just it, it does mean a lot that RuPaul's in this movie, and the joke is not that it's really a man in a wig, right? It I just think right. that that's it's awesome. just this helpful person that's telling her to be herself, yeah, and to reinvent herself, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's telling us, you know, uh, don't listen to those voices in your head, you know, that are telling us that we're not good enough. Good enough. This is what RuPaul always talks about, right? This mm-hmm. idea that we have to push them out every day. Mm-hmm. We must contend with them right and recommit and like we said before like it takes uh you know florence henderson to be like jan cut the crap you right know, and the voices because they are crap that's exactly what mm-hmm. they are yeah um you know to continue with jan brady like she tries to figure it out right she tries to stick out she tries to reinvent herself yeah it's the new jan brady right it's this you know very iconic scene from yeah. the tv show um and it was a valid attempt at getting attention but the reason I don't think it works is because Jan didn't believe it. Right. She really Derek buried herself. <laughs> that wig was yeah! those eyebrows. <gasps> oh my God. She walks out and it's just like awkward. Right. It's like, oh, you missed the point. Yeah. You missed the entire yeah. point. Like, yeah. No. Well, I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. I just think that scene where she, she meets Schultze, the, the truck driver played by the original Alice. Oh, Schultze, right. Yeah. And it's just, there's something very... There's something very sweet about the Jan Brady story. It's such like, obviously it's such a punchline, but there is something very sweet about it. And I think for gay people and and outsiders and all that, there's something about Jan Brady that we We love Jan Brady. We identify with. Sure, Jan. Yeah. We we, send that gift back back and forth all the time. Right. Like we want to be Marsha, but we know we're Jan. There's another, what's the other? Oh, you want to be Mary Tyler Moore, but you know you're Rhoda. You're Rhoda, exactly. You know, the other other line from this movie that I love is, um, oh, but what about all of our friends? But Jan... You don't have any Oh, friends. my God. And when it cuts to her face, it is <laughs> Academy Award winner Jennifer Elise Cox yes. as Jan Brady. Yes. That face. That face. <laughs> it's so I knew brilliant. you would love that face. Oh, my God. I screamed. I was like, that face right there. But Jan, you don't have any friends. <laughs> Which is like the bitchiest, shadiest line. Right. But it's not false it's not false and we all know that feeling right right right. i mean that's like i think that's what's so wonderful about jan brady is underneath it all it's like been there yeah yeah i get it right you know like my experience was not marcia's at all right you know i mean it was so much closer to jan is the queerest one and she's also the one that wants to fit in the most yeah doesn't do what the brady's do which is be themselves and be happy with themselves unabashedly right? right so we have jan to also anchor to of like 
oh yeah, I mean, I was in turmoil too. Right. I don't know how it is to be a Brady because mm-hmm. I was tortured, right? Right. And to not only be different to everyone else as a Brady, but to be different within the Brady bunch. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? Right, right, like, right. To just And to ho- question them, right? Even when they're coming down the stairs, she's like, do we always have to walk this yeah. close? Yeah. She's constantly questioning why they have to be this way. And it's like, no, Jan, it's fine. Right, right. Of course we're going to walk this close. We're going to go to Sears and we're going to dance. Yeah. And, and we're going to have a great time. Yeah. And it, nobody else needs to matter. Yeah, yeah, and it's really just about like us experiencing this together. Yeah, but I mean, I again, I I love though that there is that character, there is that sort of like queer identifying character, right? You know, who's like oh Jan Brady, yeah, not yeah. quite fitting in, right? And of course, it's worth noting that in the a very Brady sequel, RuPaul appears again. Oh yeah, with her daughters, with her daughters, yeah, and, and has an equally like supportive like role in the oh, in, yeah. in Jan Brady's she, life and in the movie. Root for Jan, yeah, yeah. it's really um, yeah, they're connected. Yeah, for for if RuPaul would root for Jan, of course. That's yeah. the thing is RuPaul would RuPaul would see that she would be like I see what's underneath yeah. there I see I get you yeah yeah, yeah. take my book <laughs> take my book take my tape my tapes tapes I'm, yeah <laughs> my tapes I know <laughs> other thing I wanted to mention and this is just like an off throwaway thing but when um, early in the movie when Greg is trying to get this I think her name is Danielle oh, this I one girl's this attention yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's oh I'm working on my history you know I, and history well that thing is, is he says oh I can help you with that well she's like well it's not actually history it's um herstory and then she right, walks away and he goes right. oh groovy, groovy yeah. and it was such a throwaway and it was like yeah what am I watching I know herstory who's saying herstory well, in 1995 it's very, it's very feminist right mm-hmm. this idea of instead of semester it's Ovester, right? Instead oh of history, it's God. history, right? Like those those mm-hmm. kinds, of, kinds of words, right? Mm-hmm. That are, are are masculinized. I remember that from college, like women being spelled W M Y N. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right, yeah. right, right. Well, you know, why not? Yeah. Um, but uh, that brings me to an interesting point: is this idea that Greg. Um, is actually stuck in the 70s in a bad way in the mm-hmm. sense that he objectifies girls mm-hmm. and they reject that part of him. And I didn't really know how to contend with that because he is unabashedly objectifying women mm-hmm. and it's totally wrong and he doesn't get it right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he fails completely. Um, you know, I, I love when he says like, hey, there, groovy chick. And she's like, I'm not a fluffy yellow bird right 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 well i think with greg i think what it is is there's nothing predatory about him it's just ignorance like he just he is he is of a time that like or he's acting behaving in a way that's of a time that i don't know i don't know if i want to say didn't know any better but that was what you were told you were to do it's kind of like i imagine this is what his father told him that's what i was going to say though i don't think mike brady would tell greg to act like that well yeah i'm I'm just like where did he get it from you know where does why is he stuck in that? Groovy chicks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Um, totally happening in a far out way. I yeah. Mean, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's very campy. Yeah. Yeah. Very campy. Um, yeah. And it's interesting the way that like Greg is just like striking out left and right and Marsha isn't necessarily, I mean, except for that one snafu. Right. Um, she's still very popular. Oh, yeah. No, people love her because yeah. she fits a mold mm-hmm. of yeah. what a, a, a woman should be, right? Which is very is. dated. Yeah, I think, yeah. Because it's a dated, uh, the 70s of what a woman should be mm-hmm. never really changed. Right, right. Yeah. And, or, or except that she needed to be looser. Yeah, I think that's all that it was. But otherwise, yeah, there's a French kiss, Marsha. Yeah. And then when she when she kisses Charlie towards the end, yeah. it's like, I'm yeah. sorry, something just came up. It's like, <laughs> oh. it's such a cheap joke, but it's just like, oh. It's fine, ninety five. Okay. Right, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. these are different times. Take another hit, Mary. You'll laugh. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, it's exactly. like it's harmless. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's definitely. There was another. There was nothing I well, thought so, of. You know, it, it made me think of when they, uh, when Br- Jan and Marsha try to go to be models at mm-hmm. that agency, where we also see this juxtaposition, which I thought was very drag in the sense. So um, he pushes Jan out because you know, right? Get out of here, right? Daddy. Yeah. Um, and then he goes up to Marsha. He's like, "Oh, Marsha, you know, you I can work oh, with." And yeah. he's like, "You know, first we have to cut that mousy hair. You know, capping those teeth, losing about thirty pounds. How do you feel about breast implants?" And then she slaps him and she says, "Cut." my hair right right, right, right. and i'm like that you know uh, drag queens it's just like Mm -hmm. you know it's like they pick the things that like are theirs right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no it is in some ways yeah Marsha is is totally a drag queen right yeah yeah um she she brushes a hundred times you know yeah yeah Yeah, Marsha put together she's kind of like the draggiest in some ways oh yeah 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 because you wonder who Marsha is who I mean, because she cried because she'll never be a teen model. Mm-hmm. But like, what else plagues Marsha? Right. Know? right. Nothing. I guess that's the whole point of her is that nothing plagues her. That's the whole thing is nothing plagues her. Whereas yeah, Jan it's very is strong. It's very drag playing. in that sense. Like yeah. you are this strong mm-hmm. woman. That strong gay woman. Strong <laughs> yeah. gay woman. Yeah. Well, she's almost like a character that a drag queen would create and would oh, yeah. be in drag. Oh, God, could you imagine like a Jan Sport or... Um, Chelsea Piers mm-hmm. being a, a Marsha Brady. Oh, what a gr- what a great snatch game character! <gasps> Except it's a copywritten character, so they can't. Well, do then it. you say Christine Taylor, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> ben Stiller's ex-wife, Christine Taylor, of Hey Dude and Brady Bunch fame, and the, and the Craft. Oh, that's right. <gasps> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. she has that awful line. She says, uh, she's, oh, she has that awful line. Awful racist line. The racist line. But the other awful line that she has is, um, I guess, Robin Tooney grabs something, Tunney, mm-hmm. grabs something from her hair. And she's like, ow, you pulled my hair out. And Robin's like, oh, sorry, I thought I saw a bug. And then Christine Taylor goes, stupid bitch. <laughs> I don't remember that. Sorry, I'm so gay about the crap. No, no. I mean, <laughs> we've we've had a couple Marys who've recognized that's a that is right that is right on our alley I mean, of draggy movies. Think, think about think about the glamour spell. I mean, mm-hmm. oh my god. Yeah. Well, and I think when I you know, the, I think the through line when we keep talking about draggy movies, I think what it's coming down to is these Is Christine Taylor in is it? Is Christine Taylor <laughs> is she in it or not? It's like it's kind of like if yes, then go left. If no, go right. Um but yeah, no, I think I think the the through line is the way that women are portrayed. It's really about female wow. portrayal and yeah. really about and there's a the very Are they it, being made fun of? Are yeah. they yeah. And yeah. I think that's why we're not talking about the birdcage. That's why we're not talking about Priscilla, even though they're fabulous movies. What we're responding to is is this way of portraying women, which is what Drop Dead Gorgeous was all about. It was a certain way of portraying women. And what I was saying in that episode when we talked about it was like, they weren't the punchline. They were the ones telling the jokes. They were the ones who were getting all the good lines. Right. They were being shown not as supporting characters of men. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were the feature. They're the people that men and women or women and men wanted to be. Yeah. And and the fact that they oh, were, how do I identify with this woman? Right. right. And they were these like what what I liked about that and what I like about this is almost like as if you're watching a movie where like a character actress is the star. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and, so and that rarely happens, and, and that's very that's very on brand for you, Colin, the best supporting actress. I my favorite category in the world. Category is, best, is category is best supporting actress. Yeah, right. Little right. known always, fact. Always, always. Whoopi Goldberg, Ghost. Yeah. I mean, you could just list all of the best supporting actresses, and we love them. We love them. There are compilations, beautiful oh, compilations. You, you love those. I. Oh I, yeah, I don't know who needs X-Tube when you've got these compilations. There are these compilations <laughs> of not just 
all like montages of the best actress, best supporting actress performances through the years. There's also ones people have done of like who should have won each year. There so we go. Just get to keep and seeing like all the way back. Oh, we're back to like 1926. Yeah. Oh, and like to, and they're all the best. Yeah, and you're and watching it is this like education. It's almost like. It's um, almost like queer education. Well, that's way, what I mean. Right? Because they're often playing the lesbian or they're often playing like this villainous lesbian. Or these sort of quirky female yeah, characters right. that we kind of, you know, or these sort of like Shelly Winters-y characters yes, that like yes. we respond to as gay men or, or as fans of drag or drag queens right. we kind of pull inspiration right. from. The Noreen. Yeah, the Noreen, the sort of quirky um, side The Jan Brady. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. who still gets like some of the best moments. Right. And I mean, when you think of Ghost, I'm sorry, people might love Demi Moore in that movie mm -hmm. because of her hair and her tears, but Whoopi Goldberg... I think of the bank scene... Oh, with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the the pen, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. Can I keep they, this? They so much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly I the wrong name. <laughs> <laughs> and when she has to give the check gas. to the nun, <laughs> oh, the check to the nun. Oh, yeah, is a great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. She it, smiles. It's such a great moment, but that's what it is. It's those things that I remember. Right. I don't even remember that Demi Moore was in that movie. You know what I mean? Really? Well, I, it's not what I think of first. He says ditto. What's ditto? Ditto. Oh, yeah, what's ditto? And she turns no. around. Oh, God. Demi Moore. I know. I'm that I think of, but I mostly think of like... Her voice. Yeah. Demi Moore. I think RuPaul and um, Michelle yes. even talked about Demi yeah, Moore. Yeah, same voice. Because yeah. he pronounced Demi Moore's name correctly. Demi, But yeah. um, uh, no, her voice is... Uh, there's something about Demi Moore's voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is just... It's kind of like it, I, I don't even know if it's pleasing. It's just like yeah. this, there's this aesthetic to it that it's I'm drawn to it. I think RuPaul has a similar aesthetic. Like even when we played that clip before, as soon as she started talking, I just I could just feel myself just like <laughs> it was like warm bath syndrome. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I just was settling oh, in. TMI. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but no, you're right. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, Best Supporting Actress, I don't know how we got on that. It doesn't uh, matter. Anytime we can talk hair, about it. Cut yeah. my hair. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, more about the uh, Brady, Brady Bunch movie. Um, the other scene that I thought was fascinating that also tipped me off that this was a drag movie is how Mr. Dittmeyer and the neighbors were all talking about the Bradys in mm -hmm. like Mr. Dittmeyer's basement because they were all worried oh, yeah, that, 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 that the Bradys weren't going to sell and that they were going to sell their houses for nothing. And so they start listing all the things that the Bradys do that are weird. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, there's the AstroTurf lawn that they water. They're happy all the time. Potato sack races. A maid that works for free. One bathroom for nine people and I never saw a toilet. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it reminded me of when um, straight people gossip about gay people yeah or yeah. when they're kind of gazing at them mm -hmm. and even the same way that uh there's that idea that uh white people gaze at black people sure right yeah and so they're exoticized yep and it's another uh just more proof that the brady's are the queer mm -hmm. they're yeah. the ones that they're kind of like it's very taboo and and they're in hush hush voices like oh my god do you know what they Right, right. These things that are ostensibly harmless, but it's harmless. the fact that this is what they choose to do with their lives. Right, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's none of their fucking business. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it's not harming them, and it's not affecting their lives really in any way. Right. Um, yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting to think of like, 
it, this almost being this parable of like the Brady's are like the gay family in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and the mere fact that there is a gay couple again, like none of this is coincidence. This no, movie, no, this was, movie relied on nuance. Sure. It was very, uh, between the lines, mm-hmm. a queer movie. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we did this, uh, reading and kind of d- dived into the Brady Bunch movie because I was ready two weeks ago yeah. at DragCon, right before DragCon. I'm like, Colin, I don't know if we should talk about the Brady Bunch movie yeah. because it, I watched it. It was really bad. Yeah. And I was like, all right. I mean, we went through this with Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah, you're right. And Johnny, it was fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah Johnny, like, just think. Trust deeply. me, there's themes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, and this one, I'm, I'm, I, some of these things I hadn't thought of. Uh, but yeah, it is. It's really, I mean, again, I think one of the, the things is, you know, and I say this about Drop Dead Gorgeous as much as Brady Bunch, the Brady Bunch movie, is like, you can watch it through the lens of it just being like a really funny movie. You don't have to go to all these places. Right. But it's certainly, I think the reason we're talking about these movies is not to like wet blanket them, but it's like, right. but if you wanted to watch it in this context, oh, yeah. go for it's, it. It's, Here's it's, another it's, way. It's queer theory, right? Yeah. I mean, I took a queer uh, queer theory in film class. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, if you haven't read, if you haven't read or watched The Celluloid Closet, oh yeah, it's a, a wonderful way to start thinking mm-hmm. about queer and what queer means in terms of movies and analyzing them in that way. Um, but we watched Rope by Alfred mm. Hitchcock, which yes. is like one of the gayest movies I've ever fucking oh, seen. Yeah, yeah, it's super gay. So gay. Yeah. Uh, we watched Rebecca. Also, yeah. Incredibly gay. Super gay. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. we, we even watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And oh, Silence of the Lambs. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Well, it was this idea that he, uh, there's a scene where she puts on yes. a, uh, she a, puts, a, 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 like somebody's face, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So their skin of their face. Yeah. And then dances with him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that movie is fucked up. Fucked up. Movie. Really I mean, fucked up. Don't watch that alone, Mary's. No. The, that one is just, it's bizarre. It's yeah, it's like, really it, weird. like the first one is. And that's why it's also like, okay, what can I learn from this movie? Yeah. Right? It's too weird. Like, what are they really trying to do here? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, maybe I can just have fun and analyze this. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so Silence of the Lambs was another movie we watched. Um, mm-hmm. Which is also very queer. Yeah, and there's a queer aesthetic there too. You know, it's funny is and I'll, the Texans Chainsaw Massacre. Not that I'm saying we should do it for All Right Mary, but it has drag themes in it. Right. Like in the original, which oh, is a fucked no, no, up no, movie. No. And that movie, I can't watch that because it's uh, just too terrifying. For oh me. my god, it is so scary. But he literally <sighs> puts on drag. Yeah, I know. And like the, it, it's yeah. it's crazy. Right. It's a crazy fucked up movie. It's um, fucked up for the queer community, right? Like it also it it mm-hmm. creates narratives in people's heads that trans or drag or gay people are weird and and perverted yeah i mean that is i go i mean it has nothing to do with all right mary but i could go on about that movie it is so smart so if you want to email colin we can talk about texas yeah, chainsaw massacre texas, i'm obsessed with, i could talk about the movie all day um do you have any do we have any ideas more about um uh the brady bunch movie or should we move on um no i think that's everything i had to say about it um you mentioned Sounds of the Lambs, which we've gotten some requests to talk about, but maybe we'll do that another time. Yeah. Um, there's certainly some really heavy queer ideas there. So oh, it's like God. a whole other conversation. It is really heavy, actually. Yeah. It's almost like we wouldn't be able to laugh very much during that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's really nothing to laugh it's, at. It's really dark. With Sounds of the Lambs. Yeah, Sounds yeah. of the Lambs is a, is a dark movie. It's yeah. not... Uh, 
not as fun. Yeah, it's such a it's such a creepy version of drag and wearing yeah. skins and wearing right. masks. Well, it's not even it's it's a but also the right they're they're promoting a perverted look mm-hmm. at what a trans person or a drag queen or a cross dresser quote unquote would. Yeah, look well, like. and that was a lot of the a lot of the controversy they had when it came out. Yeah. was this portrayal of right this Buffalo like, Bill was this queer yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and then you also have Jodie Foster as constantly masculinized. Right, yeah. she has the pistol. She's mm-hmm. This little woman in this man's world, yeah, um, and her vagina is constantly referenced mm-hmm. um, as as wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh god, that movie is. Ugh. Yeah, um, there's also a lot of wisdom in that movie, um, which is also another. I mean, it won. Yeah, deservedly Didn't it win best picture. It, yeah, it won it won best picture, best actor, best actress, best director. It yeah. won one of the few movies to sweep the top five yeah. categories. I mean, it, it yeah. is a fantastically made movie. Yeah, and you have to sit down and not. Try not to get too scared by it and really look at what they're trying to say about mm-hmm. about gender and about the state of the world in right. that movie. Um, yeah, it, it, it's you have to really go deep in between the lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that is a that would be a really dark episode of All yeah, Right, Mary. Yeah. We wouldn't be able to play the theme song. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And then the clip of the week is, would you fuck me? It's like, it's just a whole other, not us. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I, um, I'm glad we talked about the Brady Bunch. Yeah. I, I think it's, um, I think of this movie as if you haven't seen it or if you've seen it before, it's like a fun experiment to go yeah. back and watch it in this lens. Yeah, I think so too. Just Why to not? see if. Yeah, it's only 90 minutes. Yeah, it, flo- it flies by. Yeah, 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 it really does. Yeah. Um, so we should move on to another segment we like to call Reddit on Reddit. Reddit on Reddit. So this week, you know, one of the things I want to talk about in terms of Reddit on Reddit is, you know, I had said maybe, maybe we didn't talk about this on the podcast, but just talked about it in general that like we weren't hearing many uh, rumors about season 10 Queens. You're hearing a lot about All Stars 3. Well, apparently something I just saw and found recently is they, I think they've only recently as of like September 10th started filming season 10. Mm -hmm. So now they're starting to I know somebody that just left. Yeah. So I was going to say there's... There's a there's actually a, what I saw there was like four or five rumored New York queens, but a few you would be very excited about. I know one of them, uh, but so, I can't say. So the ones that are rumored, okay, I'm not going to react because mm-hmm. like I can't. Right. So I think there's there might be more than four, but these are there's the f- five. There's five. I can't think of the, the rumors. Right. Yeah, I can't think of the fifth one, but I know there's Dusty Ray Bottoms. Yep. Uh, who, we've, who we've referenced before as like blowing my mind in terms mm-hmm. of what a drag performance could do with her Joanna Newsom Peach Plum Player performance. Yes. And of course, she was the runner up to So You Think You Can Drag to with Alexis Michelle. Alexis Michelle. Right. Take a drink. Nuance. So, um, <laughs> and then of I've course. I've done it. I've done it. Uh, I scarcely know what happened. <laughs> Thank you, Ross. I'll take that on. Uh, y'all get the teen coot. Vermont <laughs> 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 mac and cheese ball. Drop. So, uh, there is Monet Exchange. Right. Uh, there's Aquaria. Mm-hmm. And there's Miss Cracker. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who the fifth one was. Got it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny to see so many New York queens because obviously Bob the Drag Queen won, Sasha Velour won, Peppermint was runner up. Mm-hmm. We're seeing so much New York drag. Yeah. And now I'm thinking there was another one. Do you know who is the fifth one that you are thinking of? Did I? No, I was thinking of Money Exchange. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, these are great queens. I right. mean, this is like uh, there were and and what I had seen there were certainly there was uh, oh there was a fifth queen. She was uh, 
and I can't remember her last name, but she was Asian, and we haven't seen an Asian queen since. Oh. I don't think there was one. I this see I, Kimora Black, I guess was really the only yeah she's the only nine. one yeah yeah um yeah so uh but she had a great name which sucks i can't think of it but it was just this, like fabulous name uh it sounded like haruki murakami but it wasn't <laughs> oh my god oh my man yeah. oh, wind up that's, drag chronicles that's, yeah. that's that's my that's my uh nick Chanoff impression oh, yeah. oh, oh right oh right oh right moving right along. moving right along king um king so i think that was let me oh l is on my phone so i can't even Oh, kick him off! Oh he's no, he's being a bad producer. No, right now. he's great. I think that was my uh, was maybe my only note about Reddit on Reddit. Oh, was, is that it? I think so. I don't think there was anything else. Oh, I think I just wanted to mention just how great What's the Tea was, which I already talked about. Oh, just such a good episode. Uh, so great to hear Rue and Michelle just kind of like be themselves and right. go to all those places and talk about colonics. And <laughs> I am fascinated. Uh, I did not understand Yua Hamasaki. Yes. I fucking love that. You are Hamasaki. Yeah. I, uh, I could say that name all day. Um, yeah. I learned a lot about colonics that, uh, in have you, uh, you haven't done colonics. Not a, not a professional after in office. The, after the New York city triathlon and before and after the Chicago triathlon, I had colonics just because of the filthy water. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I experience it. It is like a therapy session. Yeah. If you live in New York, go to Gravity on Fifth Fifth okay. Street now, in East Village. Uh, RuPaul and Michelle talked about the Rue went to the one where you had to kind of it was a do nope. it yourself. Nope, you should ne- that that is not the way to do it. Mm-hmm. That is not. Uh, uh, nope. Right. Nope. Because I could do that in my bathtub. Well, yeah. Sure. Right. Yep. I yep. mean, just ask my super. No, just oh my <laughs> god. Oh. <laughs> well, you set me up. I'm not going to just leave it there. Jesus Christ, it's like a bunch of cookies on a dessert table. I'm not going to just leave them there. So, um... (laughs) So... (laughs) Oh, God. Um, So, anyway... (laughs) um, So, Rue talked about... Yeah, that... So, this idea that you have to, like, do it yourself. um, No. And that it was like... There's supposed to be two hoses... And Doesn't get crowded in there? <laughs> no, it's not like there's one thing that goes in, and then there's a sprocket, like a little spricket mm-hmm. that the that the hydrocolon therapist, um, she or he turns. Well, they do they know? I mean, they got to be quick about that. No, no. So you tell them when you're full, and then they turn it, and then you, and then it expels for you. Okay. Yeah. All right. I know. I'm so there's two types, right? You can either have the one where they they kind of not pump it in, but that there's a machine that kind of fills you up, right? Or there's uh, like a like a large vat of water above you, and the water comes in through gravity. Oh, like gravity in East in the East Village. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's why it's yeah. called gravity because it's above you. I mean, I have so there's a, there's a list of things that I want to try. I want. I mean, uh, like a professional colonic uh where you don't have to do anything but lay there um and i also really want to do a flotation tank like a a, oh i learned about that in chicago it sounds way too intense for me oh i i want to go to mars in that thing oh my god yes that's too weird um there's some other um drag news uh that you don't want to keep talking about colonics nope um so (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) Um, unless you think i don't know anything about colonics (laughs) Um, you are that lumpy blue Pose. Why um, is no one ready? <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let it open. 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 
<laughs> Turn the so, sprocket. <laughs> so there's an upcoming docu series uh, yes. called Shade Queens of New York. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a 12 part series. Um, which features some of uh, New York City drag queens, right? It's yeah. going to be on Fusion TV, um, and it includes Britta Filter, Chelsea Piers, Holly Box Springs. By the way, Britta Filter is fucking hilarious, and so is Holly Box Springs and uh, Chelsea Piers. Um, Jada Valenciaga, Jasmine Rice LaBeja, Marty Gould Cummings, who uh, mm-hmm. we also know, um, Paige Turner, who's awesome, and then Tina Burner. Yeah, I mean, and what's great is uh, this. There was there was a series. What was it? Two thousand nine. There was a Queens of New York. Hey, Peppermint. Yeah, Peppermint was in that. Mm-hmm. Acid Betty was featured yeah. in that. Bianca Del Rio was right. featured in that. Um, it's you know you can find it on YouTube. It's I mean it's such a great like snapshot of these before they were huge queens. Yeah, this kind of great view into like drag in two thousand nine in New York. Like it reminds me of my twenties in New York. Oh wow. Um, like oh my god, they're at the Ritz. I made so many bad decisions there. <laughs> so oh, it's so this is really cool to see something like on a bigger scale. Yeah, um, as big as fusion is, I don't, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, any other news or emails or? Um, no. I th- I keep thinking there's gonna be something else, but if I can't think of it, it'll I thought f- you had a response to Drop the oh, Gorgeous. That's what it was. We got a really great email because um, we were kind of talking about like who's the audience of Drop the oh, Gorgeous, right, and we we're yeah. like, oh, you know, it's the gays or whatever. And so we got a great email um, from Rochelle. Uh, Sister Mary Rochelle, who uh, was talking really, like, she's from the Midwest, and when mm-hmm. it came out, like, she was talking about just the experience of um, what really stuck with me with her email was, like, Drop Dead Gorgeous was portraying the Midwest and this tradition of pageantry, but it wasn't making fun of the Midwest in a way that, like, people in New York would. It's like, oh, this flyover state full of idiots. Right. It's certainly people are portrayed a certain way, but there is this kind of there is a sort of loving knowing quality. I think like the fact that the writer Lona Williams is, is from that world is mm-hmm. from there is experience mm-hmm. that was in the pageant world. There is this kind of like knowing loving way of presenting it. And I hadn't thought about that, right. that like what she was, what Rochelle was saying in her email is we appreciated that we were, it was being portrayed that we, they were showing that and, and what wasn't re- resonating necessarily for her and her friends was this idea that the pageant was um, a way out. It was mm. just kind of part of the culture. Oh. And that, of course, can come with how big or small a town you're in. Sure. Um, but it was just, it was really interesting to get more of a perspective on like who this movie spoke to and how it spoke to them. And I hadn't thought of that, that this was what it made me think of. It's not similar at all, but I, I, any opportunity to talk about it, it made me think about this HBO movie called Hysterical Blindness that I am obsessed with. And you're shaking Crying your head. Tears. No, no, I'm, I'm only shaking my tears is because like you could go. I could and I won't I won't but uh, I mention it because it's just in the same way it's such a different movie it's such a different movie but in the same way that uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous portrays small town Minnesota 1995 um, hysterical blindness portrays late 80s Bayonne New Jersey Mm. in such a specifically perfect way it is perfect it's so perfect it's such a sad movie it's like the best thing Uma Thurman has ever done I get it kill Bill but still nuance i'm just holding my tongue this movie is just nuance the movie it's just so good juliette lewis in the role she was born to play right which isn't carla tate and the other sister no 
olive juice. It's not. Right. Um, yeah. It, no, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it is. So, in the same way that, like, when I watch that movie, I'm like, oh, my God, there's just, because, like, we grew up in New Jersey, and I recognize this in a way, like, I'm like, oh, this all looks like my childhood. Okay. This all feels So, I familiar. can see how Rochelle, yeah, that makes sense yeah. to me, that there's this other aspect that we wouldn't grasp onto with Drop Dead Gorgeous. Right. And, and in yeah. hysterical blindness, like, they don't make the best decisions, but she's not being ridiculed. It's just like, who hasn't been that? And who doesn't know that woman? Right. You know? Right. And so it was just an interesting perspective that I, I really appreciated. So, Rochelle, if you're listening, thank you for that. That really, like, gave me an, another viewing of Drop Dead Gorgeous, another reason to watch it. Yeah. Another lens to watch it in. Yeah, exactly. Or even other movies, right? Where yeah. Where you're like, oh, this is, uh, you know, it's almost like that movie, um, oh, I cried my eyes out with Molly Shannon that took place in Sacramento. Oh, yes. Other people. Other people. Oh, God. Right. Very yeah. Sacramento in that sense. Oh, yeah. I, when that came out, and I was like disappointed to hear that it wasn't filmed in Sacramento because I was like, girl. It was, wasn't? It was filmed like in like Southern California. That makes me really sad. I know because it, but I'll tell you having lived there, very accurate portrayal. Okay. And there's a new movie coming out called Lady Bird, um, which co-stars, uh, what's your name? Uh, Laurie Metcalf, oh, uh, which God. is set in Sacramento, which I'm very excited about. Yes. But it's kind of portrayed as like mundane Sacramento. And it's like, when I hear things like that, I'm like, Oh, thank God I left. Right. Oh, thank God I left because this would have gotten into my head. Right. Sacramento was great, <laughs> but you know, yeah. it's mostly been portrayed in movies as kind of like not. So, so <laughs> if you are a Mary out there and you have thoughts on the Brady Bunch movie, more thoughts on DragCon, P.S. Thank you so much for all the emails about your experiences in DragCon. Yeah. Most of them, if not all of them, said, yep, too crowded. Very validating. Uh, yeah, totally. Thank you. Um, yeah. If you have any thoughts uh, at all and you want to you wanna chat it up, you can email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. or you can go on to Twitter, Twitter um, and find us at allrightmary. And of course, you know what you can do. I'm not even going to say it. No, I'm going to say it. Ella, okay, I'm going to say it. You can go to iTunes. You can leave us a review. You can leave us a five-star rating. Let us know you're out there. Let us know you're into what we're putting out there and that other Marys should be checking us out. Oh, yeah. All right, Mary. Um, so next week, uh, Colin, um, I know we talked about, uh, there's a new documentary coming out about Marsha P. Johnson. Yeah. Um, that I think would be interesting to watch and to mention on the podcast, if not mm-hmm. maybe even a review a little bit, uh, you know, in the same vein as Edie Windsor. Yeah. Um, talking about some other drag queens of mm-hmm. uh, the 80s and 90s that we're standing on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe get started on uh, some prep work for season two. Season two, Mary. RuPaul's Drag Race. We're back to the Rucaps. Uh So maybe we'll start with uh, just uh, next week's episode. We'll uh, kind of review some of the queens yeah maybe we'll meet the queens meet the queens and then because does season two i think season three has a casting special I don't right think season, season two, two does. does not yeah. so we can kind of create our own yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah i think it'd be a lot of fun and i the the uh the documentary i think it's called the life and death of mm-hmm. um marsh p Wa- p johnson i'll yep. say washington p johnson i think it's on netflix so if you're right. in the united states and you want on friday yeah so yeah. check it out and then you can uh keep up with what we're going to talk about nice uh anything else mary i think that's all i've got Okay. Um, so yeah, so we will be back next week with all of that. And until then, I have nothing left to say to you. But bye. Bye, Mary. Mm-hmm.